welcome to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ. Here we're, the, this podcast is about helping disciples of Jesus Christ to engage with the Book of Mormon on a more deeper and personal level. And today, I actually want to go back to another part of the Book of Mormon and share with y'all a an experience I had with it the other day. Um to give a little bit of context. So recently I've made the decision that I'm going to go do summer sales selling solar power in New Mexico. And um it's a little bit uh scary. <laughs> I've prayed a lot about it and I feel like this is the right decision for me to go in, but it's scary because I have a hard time not being around things that are familiar. Like I don't do well with change, um, like moving from place to place all the time. And when I get really familiar to a place and I really like being in a place, it's, it's really hard for me to pick up and go somewhere else. And it always brings a little bit of trepidation with the idea of moving somewhere and not being surrounded by family or friends or being in a new place and just having things be different. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just something that's hard for me and I've never done summer sales before. I really haven't been in a position where I've done sales before and so that also that being new also brings a little bit of anxiety with it as well. And, um, but I, I want to say that I also am really excited about this opportunity. I have a couple friends who are going with me, so at least I'm not completely alone. And they're from New Mexico and they absolutely love it. And they love doing summer sales. And they've told me all the cool things about New Mexico and how much fun they've had doing summer sales. And so, like, I do have a lot of excitement for this new opportunity as well. It's not just all anxiety and stress and trepidation. Um, but there was one day that I was, it was really getting to me, like, how much that I'll miss when I'm in New Mexico. And I was just feeling a little bit despondent that day. And so I called one of my friends who's going with me and he said, why don't we read the scriptures together? And before I continue the story, I'm, I'm sharing this because, you know, this podcast is about helping us find the power that comes from the book of Mormon, right? If we remember, if you remember back to the first episode I've ever done, uh, and if you haven't listened to that, I suggest that you do because it kind of helps give a context for what I'm hoping to accomplish with this podcast but uh, anyway, in the first episode, I quoted President Nelson from his October talk of 2017, where he says that when he thinks of the Book of Mormon, he thinks of power and how much power the Book of Mormon can give us in our lives when we learn to feast on it and learn to apply the principles that are in it. Um, and also, there's a quote that says, nothing quite opens the heaven like exact obedience, increased purity, daily feasting on the words of Christ, and increased time spent in temple and family history work. And I want to say there's one other thing that I've forgotten, but I can't remember. But anyway, so yeah, so this podcast is about helping people find power from the Book of Mormon and increase their ability to receive personal revelation. And 
so far I've done it with like six pages and we've gone more into the story and sometimes we'll pick out specific verses especially if they relate to covenants the Lord has made with the house of Israel that's kind of the theme that I've taken for my personal study um, and so sometimes I'll generally pick out specific verses if I feel like they apply but oftentimes we're since it's just six pages or because it's so it's six pages I focus more on the storyline, really, and how the story helps more so than individual words. But I want to share this story just to demonstrate how even one line in a verse can bring power and healing and comfort and peace into our lives, as well as the general story. Um, and so back to the experience. So friend is like, why don't we read the scriptures together? And in his personal study, he was in Jacob chapter 7 at the time. And if y'all remember from the episode where I covered Jacob 7, I absolutely love this chapter. I love Antichrist stories because of the, the story of how the Lord gives power to his servants against the spirits of darkness. It's it's so cool because it's like a spiritual battle you see in the moment and then you see God win and it's just awesome. I don't know. It's, I love those kinds of stories, but that's not what stood out to me this time. When it stood out to me actually was in verse 22 and it's after the person who was the antichrist had died and the, because he died and confess that he lied that all the people that believed in him begin to repent and to change and Jacob was happy because that's what he prayed for he prayed for the people to be able to change and to come back to the truth and in the line verse 22 what caught my attention was for he had heard my cry and answered my prayer and that stuck out to me because on that day when I was feeling despondent um, I was trying to remember that feeling I had when I prayed about going to New Mexico and the Lord had given me peace in that moment to know that this was a good decision and that this is a decision that will help me to continue my process of personal development and growth and in my life. And, you know, I was just, I wanted to not feel despondent. I wanted to find joy and hope again. And this line touched me because when I read it, the spirit spoke to my heart and, and you know, I just felt like that line applied to me, that God had heard my cry and answered my prayer and that he was very much aware of me and aware of how hard of a decision this is going to this is for me and how difficult it may be um but that the lord is with me and he hears me and he's beside me and he's going to be there throughout this journey and he's not going to leave me alone It was it was really cool to to feel that to see that uh, verse and to see how 
even very small lines in a chapter that is completely unrelated to me going to New Mexico and doing summer sales. Like it, it doesn't seem like it relates whatsoever, but, um, you know, it, it is incredible to see the power we can receive from the Book of Mormon and how even with things in our life that may not at all be related, that, you know, it may have nothing to do what's going on with the people in the Book of Mormon, that we can still find power and healing and comfort and answers to our prayers within these verses, that this is a way for God to speak to us. He speaks through the Spirit and He speaks through the Scriptures because the Scriptures are His words. You know, this is a tool for us to be able to access His power into our lives to give us strength. And I wanted to share that experience with you so that if you feel like you're going through a time and you don't understand how the Book of Mormon can help you because you don't find it that it relates at all, that doesn't matter. It doesn't have to relate at all. You can still find power, comfort, healing, strength in the Book of Mormon. Whatever it is you need, you can find it through prayer and daily feasting on the words of Christ in the Book of Mormon. It is completely possible because God is a God of miracles and God is the God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible to God. He can speak to you and answer your prayers through the scriptures, even if you feel like it doesn't relate in the moment. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that experience with y'all before we started on today's six pages, which happen to be pages 241 to 246. And we are still with Alma and Amulek talking to the people of Ammonihah. And Alma actually talks about the Melchizedek priesthood and who gets ordained to the priesthood and about Melchizedek. And then we head into chapter 14 where they burn all the righteous people or kick them out. They burn all the records. Alma and Amulek are cast in the prison and they're spit upon and they're hit upon and starved and just really bad conditions and how they bring the whole prison down and with the power of God. And yeah, so that's where we're at. Some specific verses I did want to take a little time to ponder on is in chapter 13, verses 28 and 29. And it says, but that ye would be humble, that ye would humble yourselves before the Lord and call on his holy name. And watch and pray continually, that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear, and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long-suffering, having faith on the Lord, having a hope that ye shall receive eternal life, having the love of God always in your hearts, that ye may be lifted up at the last day, and enter into his rest. And I think I wanted to take a little time to ponder that. Because I feel like that this, this is a scripture that can relate to anybody. Um, 
you know, Helman talks about we need to humble ourselves before the Lord, call upon his holy name, and watch and pray continually. And we learned a lot about humility from King Benjamin and how, you know, we need to think of ourselves as less than the dust of the earth when we approach God in terms of, like, God is wiser than us. And so we should not seek to counsel the Lord. He's the one that created us. And because he's so powerful, we in comparison are less than the dust of the earth. Probably because we can disobey God. Unlike the dust, the dust obeys God instantly. In fact, any creation of God's will obey God's word instantly. The only creation that doesn't obey it instantly is us, that we have the ability to disobey. And so in that context, we're less than the dust of the earth, right? So that's, that's humility, or one way to describe humility, rather. And we need to call upon his holy name and watch and pray continually, all the time, always having our hearts turned to the Lord, that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear. I think it's so interesting that the scriptures ask that we pray to not be tempted above that what we can bear and to pray to come off conquer against Satan. We don't talk about that a whole lot. I feel like in the church, we talk a lot about repentance and gratitude and asking for blessings, but not necessarily help in overcoming temptation specifically. But I think this is a really, really, really important one because... I have recently finished reading, uh, like a week or so ago, to Armed with Righteousness, and it talks about how he thinks Satan interacts with us in a spiritual sense, and um, how to like the different tools we can use to help overcome temptation, and one of them being prayer. I, but like that, I think that does take humility in recognizing that we do have temptations, that we are weak, that there are going to be times where we fall and sometimes where we don't want to keep the commandments in that moment. It may sound really bad, but a lot of us go through that kind of a feeling where we feel like, you know what, I would much rather yell at this person because I feel like they were super stupid than extending them kindness, kindness or I would much rather not pay my tithing because I'm really worried I'm not going to have enough food to pay the bills today. Right? And especially with those suffering from addictions, you know, there are times where people have that feeling of, I'd much rather give in to my addiction than anything else right now because I'm either in so much pain or I'm feeling this. Like, life is hard. And there's going to be times where keeping the commandments is not desirable or easy. And it wasn't meant to be. But that if we come to God in humility and saying, you know what, God, right now I'm really struggling with the desire to keep the commandments. This is not something that's easy for me to want to do right now. And I need your help. That would be humility, and that 
I feel like is kind of what Alma's talking about, is you just go to the Lord and you just pour out his heart to him. You're like, Lord, I know I should be keeping this commandment, but I really don't want to right now. Can you help me want to keep this commandment? And then it also says, and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long-suffering. Those are a lot of words that, for those of you who want a deeper study, you could probably go in depth on those words specifically and find different scriptures that talk about those different virtues. You can even go to Preach My Gospel, and it has a good uh, chapter in chapter 6 about the virtues of Christ, the attributes of Christ, and and really look at those. Uh, though if you want meekness, I suggest a talk by Elder Bednar on it. He gives a great talk on meekness and what it really means. And so, yeah, if if you want something a little bit deeper, maybe looking at those virtues and what they really mean and which one you want to work on might be a good study for you. Uh, but also in verse 29, having faith on the Lord, having a hope that you shall receive eternal life. Now, hope to me has always been an interesting uh, virtue. It's one of the three main ones that are always talked about, faith, hope, and charity. And I think it's interesting that God wants us to hope for good things. Oftentimes we find in this world that we hear we should be realistic. And often when I hear people say that, what I've noticed is they tend to focus more on the negatives or the cons of the situation than the pros or the positives. But the thing is, is reality is both. Reality is both positive and negative. And every decision we make is going to have some cons and it's going to have some pros. And it really just depends on what kind of a life you want to live, what kind of experience you really want to have. And God has asked us to hope for good things. In fact, having hope that we shall receive eternal life. I find that really interesting that God wants us to hope for eternal life. And I think, and here's one idea of why that might be. There's probably several reasons because knowing the Lord and him being omniscient, he probably has several reasons for why he does what he does. But anyway, um, so here's one idea of what it could be. So in Armed with Righteousness, he says that what holds your attention holds you. So whatever you allow to be inside your mind constantly, then that's what you're going to end up saying or what you're going to end up doing, right? It. I have a favorite quote that says, thoughts lead to words, words lead to actions, actions lead to habits, and habits lead to character. And so whatever we hold in our in our mind with thoughts, like whatever holds our attention is going to hold the rest of us. It's going to end up being what we say and what we do. And so by the Lord saying, hope that you shall receive eternal life, it kind of gives this idea that there is a focus on that we should have our focus on eternal life and thus having our focus on eternal life. That's what we're going to speak about. That's what we're going to end up working towards. And yes, gaining eternal life can be hard. 
Um, but here's, here's the thing that I've learned about. And I'll probably be talking more about it in um, tomorrow's episode, probably. But uh, something can be hard regardless of how we feel about it. Like you can, you can still expect positive results and have a positive attitude about it. You can still have hope and it can still be hard. Right? Our emotions won't change whether or not things are hard or easy. It's just a response to them. And I'm going to leave it at that because I want to talk more about it tomorrow. But anyway, so yeah, those are some verses that I wanted to ponder on to really pick apart some of those ideas. And you can continue to study those more on your own if you would like. Um, but I want to kind of continue with this story about the people getting burned. Because so all the men of the city got cast out and then all their wives and their children got burned and then the Lord didn't save them, but he saved Alma and Amulek and all the men like those people didn't get burned. And so it brings up this interesting thought, like, why did the Lord allow some people to die and others? No. Why did he save some and not others? Right. Um, when I, one of my friends, he has such a great testimony and such great faith in the Lord and in his timing. And something he said to me several times before is that he strongly believes and trusts in God's timing for people's deaths, that no one dies unexpectedly, that everyone has died according to the Lord's time. And to me, I've never had to really think about that or had any personal experiences that bring, that have allowed me to gain such a testimony. But, you know, I think he's right. Regardless of the circumstance, like whether or not it's suicide or murder or car accident or a brain tumor out of the blue, or they just pass away peacefully in the night, or an illness that suddenly takes them, like whatever it is, that it's on the Lord's timetable, that he knew that it was going to happen, and no one dies before their time. When they die is exactly when they need to die. And so these people being burned, these women and these children, it's super tragic. It and Alma and Amulek have to sit there and watch it. And Amulek is like suffering, watching these people suffer. And he asks Alma, let's save them. And Alma says, no, the Lord is receiving them into his arms. It was, it was their time. And they had prepared themselves to meet God. Now the judgments that will come upon the wicked will be just. And Amulek's thinking, well, maybe they'll burn us too, because that seems a logical conclusion, right? But Alma says, no, for our work is not yet done. And we see that they still have more work to do for the Lord, and so they don't get burned. Because my friend has a, such a strong testimony that no one dies before their time, 
He's not afraid of death. He knows that whenever he dies, it will be the time for him to die and that he's going to live life the best that he can now, today, and he's not going to worry about tomorrow. He's not going to worry about anything except for today because tomorrow may never be. And he's okay with that because he knows if that's how that's supposed to happen, then that's on the Lord's timetable and he completely trusts the Lord. The only tragic part would be whoever dies is not prepared to meet God. That's what's tragic about death for him. If that person is prepared to meet God, then death is not a tragedy. It's a graduation. I heard that somewhere and I can't remember where I've heard it before, but death is a graduation, not an end. It's only tragic when a person dies and is not prepared to meet God. So even though all these women and children got burned and super tragic, they were prepared to meet God and they were able to be free from the pain and the afflictions of this life. And they were able to go back to their heavenly home. And that's actually something to be grateful and to rejoice about, oddly enough. <laughs> it does not seem like a natural response, but I think that's, I don't know, it's a response to have for sure. And that when it's our time, it's our time. And that all we need to worry about is what are we doing today? to follow God. You know, what do we, are we prepared to meet God today? And if not, what can we do to prepare ourselves to meet God? Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will figure itself out or tomorrow may never be. Today is where we're at and today is a gift, an opportunity to change and to repent If you have received any impressions or insights, record them in a way that you'll remember them and act upon them. And please share this podcast episode with anyone you feel like would really benefit from it or leave a review. Make sure to click five stars because that will help other people be able to find this podcast. You can say whatever you like in the actual like review part. Like if do you think this is a mediocre podcast and you have some suggestions on how it can be better? Just click five stars and then give your thoughts in the review. But the five stars will help other people be able to find this podcast because that's just how the algorithms work. So please share this with somebody, leave a review. Or you can, and I would love to hear if you've received any insights or experiences you've been having with the Book of Mormon, you know, and just be able to create a community where we can share and encourage people and just see the power of God in the hands of all of our lives. And I hope that y'all have a fantastic day. Remember that God loves you so much and he's looking out for you because you're awesome. So do great things and I'll talk to you later.